This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, as well as invest. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances, with your people. Here's how Chris Black stays connected with his people. I love staying connected to my motherfucking people, Jason. And just last week uh, in New York City, I was at um, Hotspot Corner Bar at the Nine Orchard Hotel. Dying to get a res there. I know. It's tough. Let me know next time. And I was, you know, I was uh, I was trying to split the check with my homies. Awkward. Very awkward. Somehow, when the machine came around, someone paid twice, Jason. And they probably didn't even get cocktails. They Exactly. And it, it, for once in my life, it wasn't me. But what do you think we did to remedy this situation? Well, I mean, they have a bunch of apps that people use for splitting the bill and stuff like that. But we all know we can't really do that because it's uh, it's bad. So, I mean, hopefully you use Cash App for that. I told my friend who was hungover and already doing coke to bang my Cash App. And uh, he was able to uh, reimburse me for my double payment. So I was able I was able to take an Uber Black home. Whether you're sharing a perfect day in a Uber Black XL Lux with friends, sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, gifting, the number one finance app in the App Store is Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store, Google Play Store today, add your cash tag to the eighty million appers and counting. Okay, how long gone? Country Chris checking in. DJ Them Jeans on the ones and twos. How the fuck is it going, bro? Oh, it's good. I was I was just involved in some sneaky activity. I'm in the middle of a juice cleanse today with Bay, and I don't know if she likes the fact that I'm considered drinking coffee during the cleanse. Yeah, now I know you're doing your one day sugar cleanse. How do you how do you feel so far? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit off mic, but it seems like one day is is what's it going to do for you like what are the promised results oh uh, I, I i kind of want to do it one day per week just to sort of reset the digestive system okay okay and then have okay, one day okay. a week where i'm eating like 700 calories and uh, 11 billion grams of sugar in one day versus a standard you know 2700 calorie mm-hmm. zero sugar you know whatever so um yeah i mean it's just it's mainly just to kind of reset the the digestive system you know i'm I'm always eating good so i, I like to mm-hmm. shut it down you know give the give the crew a day off sure, something like sure that, yeah you, know? you like to be you're a good boss is what you're saying I have a little fun you're with it boss. too you know 80 20 80 20 and it's a lot of people will do an 80 20 diet where 80 80 percent healthy shit 20 percent food you love mm-hmm. trying to structure the same plan but just maybe over a week okay versus on a day-to-day basis it sounds you know? like it sounds like dj them jeans is searching for something dietary lately and he hasn't really been able to put one of his big phalanges on it it's true well i think the problem is once you get a little bit older and every year you you age mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder to no it's true keep it trim and tight you know and and it, you get less and less able to do strenuous activities and mm-hmm. you know your cardio goes down you know it's it's well, tough. the hangovers hurt let's let's speak for yourself on that my cardio <laughs> is actually actually going up um actually I, I did want to talk quickly about a funny experience i had at uh, barry's boot camp today just okay. just quickly because country berries there's an instructor here who i believe played college football the guy is like shredded his name is kenny and he plays, he's the one who plays like Beamer Benz or Bentley. Okay. You know, he plays good music. And today 
He was playing the future song where he's like, I don't need shooters. I'll kill them myself. Oh, okay. Which was amazing. <laughs> so he's playing that. Wait, what's his name again? So his name is Kenny. But then, so he's playing this future song about killing people. I'm obviously peaking. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy, there's a guy in the class who I've seen around over the, over the years. And he's like, damn. <laughs> Said Johnny Diamond back in the house. I saw you tricking off, taking your new chick to Greece on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like looking around. Like they were clearly like friendly, but he was literally clowning this guy for taking his new girlfriend on vacation in the middle of the class. And I was like, damn, this is why Barry's boot camp is the best workout in the world. Where are you gonna get that? Where else are you gonna get that? You guys really have a tight knit cult like <laughs> group don't it only berries i've noticed that and i think the only criteria is you can't be fat and you're welcome into this cult is is that right yeah there's no yeah race gender none of that stuff matters only bmi (laughs) which is kind of a a (laughs) utopian society in some ways you know yeah there's i see a lot of berries folk around you know there's the people that do berries type classes at equinox and they're all yeah you know they're all like 62 year old women who have the body of a 13 year old yeah it's just odd that's what i'm going for but yeah it was it was just so funny because i was like i'm the only one laughing at this because i don't think people realize how funny it is that he's like <laughs> he's basically saying where you been dog i haven't seen you in a couple weeks oh yeah that's right i follow you on instagram i saw you tricking off in greece <laughs> it's just too good it just is nagging this guy while he's doing setups it was really funny you know let's work that into our screenplay of course. I'm also suffering a little bit because I'm, you know, I think that the the Southern Democrats have discovered <laughs> yard signs. So so only Republicans have been rocking with the yard signs. Bro, what feels more Republican than a yard sign? Like, who cares more about the yard than a Republican? True. You, you know what I mean? It, it could be a political thing. It could be simply a no poo-poo sign from the doggy. You know, whatever it is, Republicans are going get to get to snitching on a, on a yard sign. So there's a popular sign I've seen around the Atlanta area of, of Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. but she's She's standing in front of like a shepherd fairy style, like gay rainbow circle. Like she's a member of the MCU. Okay. Like she, like she, like it's like they they're trying to make her into a superhero, but she's also it's obviously she's defending gay in this in this yard sign, and I just think it's a little too superheroy to really feel political okay well you you said stacy adams they they do in politics now no, stacy abrams no got it she doesn't got it. she might wear square toes but she don't make any square toes that's that's two different she things. might she might pull up in the now and laters okay so <laughs> i think uh this is this is obviously the marvel universification of our you know every every adult who's old enough to vote still likes watching spider-man in their jammies so they have this is the only type of marketing that will that will appeal you have to to get elected you have to basically pander to adults who like children's entertainment is where i'm going with this and i i exactly this sign the majority vote this sign is very popular i'm sure it's not cheap you're sure you have to donate they ain't just giving you the shit for free (laughs) you know what i mean i like that you have to buy advertising for for somebody well that's the beauty of politics they find a way to get your money out Mm -hmm. of your out of your damn pockets your hard-earned money of course every way you can Mm -hmm. but yeah so i've just been noticing i've been just doing a little trend reporting down here uh in the atl it's all a write-off baby it's all a write-off this is this is part of the job j crew is going to pay for this whole trip but there's some there's also some some stuff that's happening in la and new york that i wanted to talk about um that i feel 
I'm a little upset that um, my favorite influencer, DJ Them Jeans, was passed up for this new kind of low-key UGG campaign. I don't know if you've seen the hotties on your TL. I've been seeing the uh, – yeah, the UGG is mm-hmm. having a push right now, aren't they, as we're, as we're approaching winter season. It's, it's going to dip down below 86 degrees this, uh, this evening. <laughs> exactly. Jason, as you get your two pumps of pumpkin spice and that latte at proof, <laughs> you know, it's the, the girlies are putting on their new UGG platforms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sent the group chat a picture of, of Bella and Mark out to get some pizza. And it looked like, oh, just a candid photo of this cool that couple. That was a candid photo, Chris. Come on. Not a candid photo, Jason. It was a it was a UGG spawn con. And then friend of the show, Kieran and Shipka today posing on a couch at the Barry Hotel in her UGG. She did hashtag like a pro. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm saying that the UGG the Uggs have it's just they don't go away, but they still somehow, Jason, are able to innovate on that ugly ass <laughs> shoe. And it's amazing. And I also I I have to assume, Jason, the check is pretty big if they're getting celebs of this stature. The UGG is a timeless shoe, of course. Um, I actually learned recently from listening to Planet Money podcast, I think, the UGG boot literally in our our Australian homies will know that's just what you call any type of like shearling fur-lined boot is called an UGG boot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, somebody who had the smarts to trademark that name and, and build a brand around it. I think that, like you said, there's there's always they're always innovating. But when have you seen a non-standard UGG boot? You know, it's like a Converse or a Vans or whatever. Mm. Like when it, when have you ever seen an Air Force One or a pair of Converse where you're like, oh, these are some fucked up weird ones, and I actually like it. Yeah, like, no, you know, I've I've never seen like there's those UGGs, the 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 thigh high UGG boots. That were mm. what brand were those? It might have been a Telfar collab. Were they Y three or I don't know if they were. I don't. All the all I'm I'm saying all the non traditional UGGs. Yeah, you're history, right. History through the history of time have all been ugly as fuck, but right. not in the right way. You know. No, you're right. I, I'm just I'm happy to see them making a push as the leaves change colors and the fires continue to burn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad to see that they're still kind of doing their little thang thang. Have you ever worn UGGs? No, I haven't. I have been in touch with their PR before. They have offered to send me some Uggs, and I did politely decline because I didn't think there was anything. But, you know, people rave. A lot of men rave about the Tom Brady-endorsed house sl- leather house slipper being, like, mm-hmm. an amazing house slipper. They have an Ugg driving shoe as well that I've sort of had my eye on for the last... Okay, well, let, let me know. I'm happy to tap in for you and see if they got them in a 17. Oh, they do. Trust me. I've checked them out on, on my websites. Okay. Okay, you checked them out on Zappos. I also, just quickly, before we talk about our guests, I went... I had a good experience at a restaurant last night, and I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, let's uh, let's see if I can shit on it. Let's go. No, no, just my my friend Isaac, who who relocated. He he's from here, but he came back here from New York, and him and his wife have this great house. He's like, yeah, let's go to this place. It's called Amano, and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I've never heard of it. It's not like it didn't seem like a trendy spot. I drive over there, it's fucking popping. Amano. We ordered. We ordered a couple appetizers. We ordered a cacio e pepe. We ordered a piece of fish, some sides, mm-hmm. some desserts. He had a couple drinks, and it was just excellent service. The food was a solid eight. Mm-hmm. There was nothing annoying. There was nothing annoying about it, and the check was like 130 bucks because we're in Georgia. And it was just, <laughs> it just, I was like, damn, people can actually do this right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it was, it was fascinating to experience. I think it, it can be done right. Like you, like you said, it just can't really be done right in 
a ma- major metropolitan city like LA yeah. or New York. It's just no, you're right. It was like a it was like a neighborhood restaurant. You know, it was like a neighborhood restaurant vibe, but it actually really worked. And the food is is because they had. I bet there were fifteen things total on the menu. Right, right, right. It wasn't. You know what I mean? It was like we do we do this shit. Like I'll tell you the five that are really good. And you can just order mm-hmm. from there. Okay. Shout out to Young Amano um, mm-hmm. Small Business yeah. that we should support. Yeah, that's right. When when we touch down in Atlanta, maybe you could take me there one night. I'm gonna take you. I heard he told me about some crazy taco place that's really popping off. That's apparently like amazing because Atlanta oddly has like very good Mexican food. I don't go to Georgia to eat taco, sweetheart. But that's nice of you to offer. Well, you're not going to San Diego either. But more importantly. Um, Nobu has opened their doors here, so you already know okay. what the fuck is going on. You are- restaurant, hotel, or or both? I believe Just it's I believe it's both, but I will be tossing the keys to the Ram, telling them to keep it up front, <laughs> spending one hundred dollars on valet, and then quickly going inside to spend five hundred dollars on a meal that will definitely leave me hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll feel good. But you know, okay, sorry, we do have a guest today. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, we will be able to talk to our guest about all of this and more. I'm sure he has a lot of opinions about of course. miso, black cod, and valet parking prices. That's that's right. Uh Wei Su is a uh writer. He's a uh staff writer at the New Yorker. His new book, his memoir, Stay True, is out now. Uh and it's quite good, receiving rave reviews all over the World Wide Web. There's a great profile of him in Vulture. Mm-hmm. Um and he, he wrote he recently wrote about um the, uh, another podcast you know where these guys talk to rappers and they get drunk i'm not going to call it by name obviously we're not doing promo um but he all, you know, also, <laughs> and also wrote a great a great story about uh about kurt cobain and his dad that you might have seen getting passed around um but more importantly he was straight edge so let's get into it uh <laughs> and uh and see and see which which victory records release is his favorite can't wait are you older than us by just a wee bit? Uh, yeah, just a wee bit. You don't have to divulge. Five years. Okay. Three years. I, I was hoping yeah. you were. I hope. I was hoping you weren't going to say your age, but just say you're intellectually and financially more advanced <laughs> than us. But you, you took the high road, so I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I caught the last bit of the intro. I didn't realize they were live, so um, incredibly <laughs> excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah, we don't have time to not do it live. You know what I mean? We keep it live. We keep it live. It's kind of With our, our whole... breakneck cadence. This is the only option. We don't have a choice, really. Where are you coming? Are you coming to us live from New York? I am. Okay. All right. Which outer borough do you reside in? Because you can't work the New Yorker and live in Manhattan. That's against the rules. <laughs> no, no. I live in the uh, the sort of ground zero of the media elite, uh, Park Slope. Oh, okay. Oh. And and I want to be clear for all the all the all the listeners. He's not white. Just to be, I want to be very clear. <laughs> okay, I want to be fair. I want to be very clear. Appreciate that. Appreciate that clarification. No problem. I mean, I'm sure they've Googled you. But. What uh, what brand is the stroller? For a while, it was the same one that Kim and Kanye had. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go. Okay. But, okay, but I had it first. I had it first. I expect nothing less. Okay, he he saw Kim stroller and he said, "I hit first. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a little Ray J joke for you. How many kids do you have? One. Okay, and how old is he or she or they? <laughs> Nice. Uh, seven. He is seven. <laughs> Something funny about that? Something funny he about that? Seven. Okay, yeah. he is seven. So what is he What is he into so far? How much of your kind of your interest uh, have you forced upon zero. him at this young? None. Yeah, zero. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> I could not be less cool in his eyes, which is totally fine. He's into uh, yeah. Roblox 
and something called Dragon Masters. Roblox. All that shit sounds trash. I've heard. I've I've heard their first record. I don't really like the new shit. But what is the deal? <laughs> what is the deal? The the second one I'm not familiar with. If you could break it down for us, that'd you be said great. Dragon Masters. Dragon Masters. Yeah. What is this a this is a game? I mean, I don't, I don't I don't know. This is a game. No, no, no. It's like some it's some story <laughs> that takes place in books. But <laughs> I've like cultivated this ability to like read things aloud and not actually hear them. Wow, damn, that's real dad hours. That's amazing. That's like when we were reading your bio just five seconds ago. <laughs> it's like circular breathing. You know, I can like uh, I could like read shit, but not actually understand what I'm reading. Uh, that's so, a great skill. It's about a bunch of dragons. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, this stones sounds... which allow people to control them. I guess. Well, don't don't give it all away, Ed. Okay, I'm just trying to get sponsored. So I understand. That's all. That's the only reason this podcast exists is for Jason to get more Instagram deals. So I, I'm just <laughs> I'm merely the supporting cast here. Um, yeah. All right. So you're in, you're in Park Slope. It's a rainy day in New York. I'm hearing reports. It's a rainy day in New York. You're having a nice warm. Are you having a cup of tea here? I am. Yeah. So interesting. So you're not a coffee guy. Uh, no. I just uh drank a bunch with. Chris Guy Molly GQ. He says hello. Oh, a lo- yes, yes. We love we one of our inside men at GQ who's a big uh, classic emo guy. We like to keep those guys kind of at the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean of the yeah. ma- of the masthead. Because if I can't talk to you about Sunday real estate, I don't know if our relationship's going to kind of last. You know. Yeah, Chris. Let's send him yeah. a hat just just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, just to keep him in our good grace. So so you <laughs> went and you did some offsite coffee drinking beforehand so you're juiced up yeah more or less okay do you want to do you want to shout out one of your local fourth wave purveyors over there in park slope are you gonna you don't want you don't blow up your spots no i mean i usually just drink at home so it was just because he need we needed to to talk business so we went to uh threes brewing just down the street i've been drinking at home lately too if i can be honest i was (laughs) i did i hit a local coffee purveyor here in atlanta and i'm gonna not name it but those who know will know and um they they don't have the only alternative milk they have is macadamia, which is a, a, a nice treat if I'm you know if I'm feeling crazy. Wait, can you can you tell the di- like is that a discernible difference right there? <laughs> no, I think it's just more expensive. It's really <laughs> okay. it's really all it is. Yeah, what a, it's the opposite of a food desert over there, a milk desert, I should say. Sometimes the cold brew it's too it's too much liquid for me, so I want a cortado. I've been influenced by Jason because it's obviously smaller and. This fourth wave coffee shop that sells, you know, slices of $15 avocado toast and macadamia nut milk. I heard the what I could only assume is the owner making fun of his employees for buying expensive salads at the chopped down the street. (laughs) And it took it took everything in my power not to be like, bitch, you're part of the problem. Like you are Mm -hmm. you are you're literally selling eight dollar lattes with lavender in them. You're not even calling it an avocado crostini or anything to try to make <laughs> exactly. it seem more valuable and i was because these coffee places are getting so out of control that chris why don't you call them out call this place out i'm not going to call it out because it go- yeah i'm a, i'm actually kind of curious now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. i i just got a yeah a, a listener just called in he said he'd like to know as well chris if you wouldn't mind no it's because i go i go there every day and and it's one of those classic situations where the product is very good but i still have to mm. complain about the trappings because i'm a monster um, and that's just kind of where I land on stuff like that. But I'm glad that I want what my point is. I want you guys, 
you like adult mature adults to influence me to one day learn to make coffee at home good fucking luck he just melts a pod right <laughs> yeah i just yeah you chris honestly you should get that um whatchamacallit what's it called cometeer that that really is the easiest way to make i know iced coffee but i think their subscription model is fucked up so i didn't really fuck with it at all yeah. wait wait so when you when you do that do you make it hot and then ice it or you just let the pod great question naturally like to let nature take its course <laughs> so there's two options great that was that was my first question let god take over um if you want to do a hot coffee you just pull a pot out of the freezer pour uh you know pour a, a kettle full of hot water and it melts instantly you stir it in two seconds you're drinking coffee if you want to do an iced pull one out of the fridge or out of the freezer and then move it onto the countertop for you know 10 minutes to thaw out Put it in the fridge while you go change a diaper, go walk the dog, go watch yeah. a little Dragon Masters. Three little Dragon Masters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Get a little Dragon Masters and then... Light work. Next thing you know. Light work. Yeah, and then... But in the time that it takes to make milk out of your macadamias, <laughs> you'll you'll be ready to go. Why, well, obviously, I fresh grind each each single serving so it does kind of it does suck a lot of time uh in my afternoons but luckily my blender is strong wait do you you seriously you seriously use no, no 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 i don't do anything okay we have a uh we have a draw have you ever used one of these no that sounds like draw. a hot french guy tell me more draw i don't know I, it might be italian i'm not sure it's it's continental <laughs> okay <laughs> okay good remember to, good when continental know. used to sound impressive <laughs> and then you grew up and you just learned that means fruit <laughs> it took took a second but i got that one um but it it actually is the most convenient way to make coffee it's just the, the machine is uh it's it's just like the size of an old printer it's like huge but <laughs> it's actually uh it makes great coffee and it's very easy to use Okay. I would recommend this to all of your listeners, a Jura, J-U-R-A. What's the price point on this? Because not all of us have a brownstone. So where are we at with this? <laughs> Jura. I don't actually know. It just, like, my wife got it. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. There's there's two models. They're available at the Williams-Sonoma and Crate and Barrel. The one at Crate and Barrel is going to run you a stack. The one at Williams-Sonoma, nine grand. <laughs> But that's that's an espresso machine. That's an espresso machine. The black coffee espresso machine is a thousand dollars oh okay that's inflation though i got it i got it pre pre biden so uh it was it was not that much but the jura there's there's many models i'm i'm sorry i take so that you're back. saying in trump's america espresso machines were cheaper which does sound like liberal <laughs> propaganda confusingly but yeah that's good to know no jura, I'm, I'm on the jura website it looks like they they have those you know when you go to like the the delta lounge or the mx lounge and there's like the, the espresso machine that can make 50 different drinks and you just hit a button on a yeah. little touchscreen. Yeah. this is the brand that does that they got the blank street coffee it's great contract okay i gotta step my money on you you'll end up saving money in the long run so that's that's what i'm about all right yeah. you've been giraffe pilled is what yeah. it sounds like you're you trying can't to afford, get... if you if you drink coffee if you love your family you can't afford not to get this unit <laughs> exactly but yeah yeah it sounds like you came on this podcast to get some Sponsor me, some free stuff and i appreciate yeah. that because that's the only reason i do it as well uh are you you're originally from california right yeah bay area silicon valley i wanted you to say the yay area yourself um <laughs> you know i didn't want to kind of i didn't want to force that on you i would i would argue that you were living in the bay area if you're a few years older than us in in probably the the sweetest time you could ever live in san francisco other than of course you know hate ashbury in the 60s kind of vibe it's possible but i was i was nowhere near there so okay but i grew up in like the suburbs of cupertino so 
it was arguably the most interesting time to live there because Apple had had yet taken over. But um, yeah, what what was pre Cupertino or pre Apple Cupertino? What was the vibes like there? I don't know. There were actual like orchards and stuff and factories, um, and everyone would just make fun of Apple because nobody actually owned one at the time. But joke was on us. What obviously. fucking loser would buy one of yeah. these little dumbass computers? And when you said orchards, were they Apple orchards? I think orange, but I don't know if that, I don't know if I'm okay. just misremembering because it doesn't, that doesn't make sense, right? Does That's like a more southern hemisphere type thing. Northern, Cal- northern California doesn't make sense at all to me on every level, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were growing some fruit they shouldn't be growing. We got it. We got apples in Glendale too. Anything's possible with, with uh, technology and all that stuff. Did you ever live in San Francisco proper or no? No, never smart did you so you never like took the bart into the city for some hijinks go beat up a homeless guy you know <laughs> hop on a bus that you didn't pay a fare for or something like that yeah but i mean we were just we were definitely just sort of meek suburban kids doing that and then and then driving home at the end of the game you know going to a giants game and then going wow back. Okay. i mean <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing meek about that you got to start somewhere i, I mean know, it's, I, uh, the, the thought of going to a baseball <laughs> game is so boring even at that age i don't were you betting on it no but the thing is that was like the perfect <laughs> <laughs> way to be out of the house as long as possible oh, you know? i see so i see you're kind of like hey we're doing something we're gonna be here for like four and a half hours and you could tell your parents we're gonna go watch america's pastime yeah. uh, a game of baseball and they're then they say oh that's awesome have a great time yeah you're never gonna get into any trouble there or or try your first cigarette or surely anything like that exactly for, for me growing up in orange county that was disneyland every every friday night I tell my mommy I'm going to go to Disneyland to go play with Donald, but I was really just chugging uh, Southern Comfort until I fell asleep on a park bench. Wait, do people go to Disneyland every week? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, is that a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's like full articles and documentaries and all that stuff. Oh, you're not familiar with this culture? It's a very strange thing. That no, I'm not. I only discovered this when I moved to L.A. Is like It's a full subculture of people. They have these... They have a they have like a magnet or a sticker on their car that's Mickey ears and what does it say, Jason? AP like All Park Pass, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's serious? Yeah, it's called. It, they're called Disney adults. Wow, it's a huge subculture, and they have like, um, I guess there's a lot of. I'm sure it's on Reddit or whatever, but there's like these communities where they all trade secrets about where you can like smoke weed and not get seen by a camera or like, <laughs> you know, this area or that area, how to like scam the system for more points. You know, it's just like any, it's like, but if it's, if it's Disney adults, it's probably less weed smoking and more like if you go to this corner with this child, you know, there's no cameras there, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I yeah. don't want to get into the details, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. kind of how yeah. the Disney adults roll. <laughs> But no, I grew up as a Disney adult, but only, you know, I guess it was more of a Disney young adult, I should say. But like, I know, I know I'm friends with people who are, you know, in their 40s yeah. in Orange County who go to Disneyland, you know, multiple times per month. Wow. Ain't got no kids. There's a crossover with, with like... Like guys with tattoos and like plugs. There's a little rockabilly. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a subculture crossover between like a punk hardcore rockabilly and also Dis- Disney adult, which is one of the most twisted intersections uh-huh. that you could ever find yourself in. Well, the the no to me the worst one is the Disney meets Dapper. Oh, because <laughs> there's not- there's you guys are familiar with like the Dapper subculture. No, no, please explain. I would love for you to explain it. Yeah, please. Yeah. It grew recently on TikTok, but there's like there's basically just like people who dress like they're in the 40s 
Yeah. And they sort of tried to okay. incorporate their life Interesting. with those sort of ancient ways. They have pocket watches and they... Like they live by 40s values. Yeah, exactly. They live by yeah. 40s values. <laughs> they still have HBO Max logins and everything. <laughs> but like whenever applicable, I'm sure they brush their teeth with like Dr. Johnson's teeth powder instead of the <laughs> instead of the Marvis. They had like little tins of cocaine and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. do they do heroin, but it's doctor prescribed for pain. Right, right. Yeah, if if the basically if you if the forties version of it looks sicker than the modern day version of it, then they will get it. Okay. But you know, they're not gonna have a forties television or 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 anything like that, or maybe a typewriter or a radio or a comb or something like that. But the all those people <laughs> All those virgins will gather multiple times a month or, I mean, a year in Disneyland and wear their finest dapper clothing and twirl a pocket watch around Toontown. Uh, I don't know what in, in hopes of attracting the gaze of a yeah of a dame, perhaps. But are they on like IG? Like, do they do they partake? <laughs> oh, yeah. In, yeah. 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 Like, how do they document this if they're on on like? this intense 40s wave. I think, I mean, like like I said, they kind of pick their battles on their L- Luddite wave Fair. where like certain, you know, like I ha- we need a videographer, of course, and he has yeah. to have a 5DR red cam, but, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, yeah. <laughs> They're able to somehow justify the steady cam, uh, you know, but the, yeah. the Apple watch has to stay in the drawer. If you, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't film the straight razor shave, did it ever happen is sort of their logic. But you know? I, you know, I thought about this yesterday. Are you, you know, Somebody on Twitter yesterday posted my... Do you remember a website called How's Your Edge? No. Uh, Unfortunately, I do. Okay, so How's Your Edge was a website that would post an update on someone that had left the warm embrace of the straight edge community oh, okay. and kind of go- gone on to greener paths. It was like a doom for people who listen to Poison the Well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it would... And someone yesterday had found my this is insane this person went this far back on earth wait wait can i can i can i ask a clarifying question yeah you are clearly a notable person but are these like thank you are these like <laughs> famous straight edge people or is it just like no like max from burlington we'll we'll do we'll do air quotes on the word famous obviously you know if it's oh, yeah, a slow it news a, day they'll pick up audio only so. yeah but the so it's so it said it said on this on this website chris black Unknown, United States of America, former member of Atlanta band, One Step Closer. Once this kid wore baggy shorts, chokers, and covered a chokehold song. Now he listens to Interpol, works at a clothing store, and does coke. And (laughs) when I read that... I like that straight edge people can't work at work retail <laughs> yeah i'm like first of all this sounds like i'm agree i'm pretty cool but then uh, now that we were just talking about these these 40s the, these dapper people mm-hmm. i'm like i don't was wearing baggy shorts chokers and like you know black t-shirts is that really any better that's that's what bella hadid's boyfriend was wearing just yesterday <laughs> that, good enough for bella good enough for chris that's what i say okay i just didn't know if i didn't know if you're familiar are you familiar with makeoutclub.com no i'm not Okay. No, you're, this has like been the most educational 18 minutes I've spent in quite some time. Well, we're just getting started. I spent a lot of time on Makeout Club. It was it was pre-social media where anybody who was emo, hardcore, straight edge, you know, goth, metal, whatever, if you were adorkable and funky and you had like a lip ring, this is where mm-hmm. you would go to trade nudes with other 17-year-olds 
in hopes they would touch your penis or or yeah. boobs or something. It was a, but it was like you would the categories of things you could list. Obviously, books. So it's you know like okay. Catcher in the Rye is number one, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> and then it's and then it's of course music. The Greg Gatsby. Yeah, Greg Gatsby is high on the list. So then it's then it's music. So it's like Converge, The Smiths, Jesus and Mary Chain. And then some other assorted details, films, of course, you know, where you could talk about Godard and other famous dude. Train spotting, there's drugs in it, but it's actually sick. <laughs> exactly. But these, these, the reason I bring this up is because I've been dying for someone of a of a proper stature to do a deep dive on this and how important it was because I think that it really was kind of genre and era defining in some way and and in many ways was also the blueprint for like friendster and my all the stuff that came after it and it was built by this guy from boston who was in like a band so it, it was it was proto social media and yeah dating apps kind of at the same time but like the dating that part of it was like foregrounded in all of this it was, or was it just kind of like no, the byproduct? In the, in the same way that like when you go to an emo show you you go there because you like the music, but you also go there in hopes of potentially finding a suitor mm-hmm. who has the same taste as you. You know what I mean? In a in an emotionally charged room. Yes, and also this is an era where the you know it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite as e- this is the first time that it was made available in some ways. You know what I mean? Where it was like beforehand, you had to see somebody you know with a david bowie t-shirt on and approach them and this kind of you know mm-hmm. cut out the cut out that you could you could you know bang the AOL address and see what happens you know um so it was a little it was very ahead of its time yeah there's a little misconnections e like mm-hmm. hey is anyone going to the mm-hmm. undertow show on saturday yeah. i'll be there and then you're like oh maybe we can link up and get Taco Bell after yeah we can have falafel <laughs> together It'd be hot. Have a little fluff. Maybe we can get a hummus wrap. <laughs> so you guys were both on this. Is that how you know each other? Yeah, that's right. I was I was only a lurker. I never had a oh. yeah. I never had a. I jerk I jerked Jason off in Orange <laughs> County after an unbroken show. It didn't really go well after that. But and I was like, this was cool. But I think we should just stay friends. And it did not go well at first. But here we are with years of therapy. It sort of worked itself out. No, it's just something that I mean. I just think we both. I was definitely on it, and a lot of most of my peers, rough hands. Most of my peers were on it. Um. But it's just something that comes up from time to time, I, I think, in our discussions because it, it really was such a precursor to so many things. And I've mm-hmm. never seen anyone do a real story about it or the impact. And I, I mean, obviously, it's very niche, but at the same time, this is, like, sounds like you're the person for this job, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds like you're pitching us I, right no, now. No, I can't do this, bro. You do a narrative podcast on this. Fuck narrative. Narrative podcasts are for <laughs> nerds, first of all. You yeah, but that. that's how you get a little check. Some someone, you know, someone's going to give us seventeen thousand dollars for a twelve episode deal on this shit, bro. When are you doing? When are you doing a podcast? Who's gonna Who's gonna give you the bread? Why? Who's gonna hook you up? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. <laughs> we already do a podcast, bro. Who the, Who else would I be talking no, to? I thought you meant like Jason and go solo or something. Um, I have my extra strategy. Don't worry. I have one more, one last question about about the thing before. Sure. What was your what, did you what was your like handle on uh was it makeoutclub.com <laughs> I I think you could I, it was probably a classic XC Town X which was my Okay, that's great. which was my moniker because I was from a place called Conyers, Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, you can do the you can do the math. I did secure the AOL <laughs> handle as well, so it was kind of 
I had continuity across all socials at the time. That's great. Just locked <laughs> yeah, down was, across. And you also had a business card, Chris. I did have a business card in high school that just said Chris Black vegan and then my email address at, at AOL.com. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. So, and now I mean that that is a good part because that is that one little strange, you know, late nineties, early two thousands era where you're like yeah, I don't do a damn fucking thing, and I should have a cool business card just in case. And I should yeah. carry 11 of them around with me when I go get burritos with my friend just in case I run into exactly. an exciting opportunity. I mean, it, it's I miss it, honestly. I think the business card era was, was better. Remember when you could, like, tap your phones together and exchange <laughs> information? <laughs> like that yeah bumping that's the worst that's the worst era and now we've moved on um <laughs> did you but give, do, you have, do you have any did you give a lot of them away like well you know how hardcore were i mean that i, I don't actually to be honest so. that well it was just very much <laughs> kind of like a like don't worry we'll, we're gonna talk about pj harvey in just a second don't you worry all right cool well do, yeah we'll, we'll get to kurt cobain or whatever your little book <laughs> or whatever but no they um <laughs> they they um <laughs> No, but it, that that scene in that world was very built on like kind of like a, a not the way that corporations use the term now, but the actual meaning of the word community because it was based on scenes that were kind of disjointed but all like connected through touring and et cetera. But there was a lot of kind of like keeping in touch uh-huh. pre cell phone, pre inter you know early internet. Yeah, yeah. So a lot a lot of it was like I mean correspondence. Yeah, cor- I distinctly I mean I've written many letters and and put five dollar bills in in envelopes to get seven inches yeah. and shit. But so I think that that is why it existed more in that world is because there was this kind of like necessary level of communication to keep the whole thing going that like mm. existed on AOL in the early days and you know I wasn't carrying around a pen and a pad like I was from the 40s. You know? But did anyone ever give you a business card? Like, did another oh, yeah. kid at a hardcore show ever be like, <laughs> I have a business card for you, too? Actually, yes. But, I, I mean, I want to say that I'm ahead of the curve, you know, pushing boundaries. I, I definitely didn't invent this. I wasn't the only one. But it wasn't as common, maybe, as I would like it to be. I, I had never seen a business card until I met Chris. <laughs> didn't even know they existed. <laughs> I guess we should talk about this book. What do you think? Are you ready for it? Whatever. I mean, I, I'm, like, I'm so tired of my own thoughts at this point. Um, All right. Have you seen what's going on with this Adam Levine guy? He's uh, he's up to something over there on his DMs. Have you seen this? The book. Look, no, but the book is getting rave reviews. And before I just I don't care to talk about the book, but I do want to say to you that your publicist, one of the best in the game. This interview has been lined up for three and a half months. And I am, you know what? Very happy about that. I have to say, you guys took a chance on it. Shout out Elena. <laughs> this has been locked in the calendar. This is the first thing that was locked in the calendar. That's because mm-hmm. we should be at the top, and unfortunately, for a lot of people, we're in the middle. And I don't. I, that's not where I like to be. I like to be at the damn top, <laughs> you know. But but mm-hmm. I did. I do think it's interesting because I mean, writing a book is obviously, I, I would say, the most difficult thing you can do as like a creative person. But when I was reading about you and this book, it's it's you've you've been working on this for like yeah for like an eternity twenty years. I mean, not continuously, but it just <laughs> sort of been uh, no, of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. But I've been working on it, yeah, for uh, since like nineteen ninety eight. Damn, bro. But at the time, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. You know, I thought I was just writing to write. So. Yeah, but that's pretty insane. But I think that's also the only way. That just seems like such a better way to do something like this because you kind of know the information's a little bit better if it was written 
at the time that it was happening. All those, all the little details. Yeah, because I know you've smoked hella weed since then, so you're probably not. You know what I mean? You're probably not be able to recall all the minutia as you work through your life. I've, I've forgotten so many cool things that have happened to me since 1998. Never to be documented. Unless I do some type of ayahuasca thing or something to recall it back. It's it's gone forever. <laughs> so did you have any um, any kind of like imposter syndrome <laughs> involving writing a book? I mean, obviously everyone has some type of imposter syndrome unless you're like a uh you know egomaniac narcissist person uh and i don't think that you would have any imposter syndrome about writing a book that would have anything to do other than your age you know and not because you don't believe that your life is worth writing a book about i mean i don't i don't i didn't think my life was worth writing a book about and i'm still not sure it is but I mean, it's for sure not. It's for sure not. But it's <laughs> yeah. more of an age but thing. But now that of I'm like, older, it's like I guess there's more to write you're... about. I mean, I guess the main. I don't know if I felt imposter syndrome. I guess mostly like the stuff I was into was really pretty basic, like in a pejorative sense. Like I feel like I look back and I'm like I was just an incredibly generic person who was convinced that I was like had a singular grasp on this generic stuff I was into. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even when we were joking before about straight edge, like that's such like stolen valor on my part. Like, it's not like I had any actual ideological beliefs in anything. It was just kind of, you know, if people are into this, I'm going to be in some, into something else. So, so this is the part of the podcast, unfortunately, where we kick your ass, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to, motherfucker, do, I, 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 didn't you, want to I didn't want to, I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna have to send some guys over there. So you're going <laughs> to wait for the knock. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, so, so at the time you were like, I'm a pretty unique and cool bro. And then once you get older, you realize it might be a little more homogenized or something. I think that's something that we all mm. can relate to on a on some level. For sure. You know, when you're like, oh, you my little favorite band that nobody knows about, I guess they did go platinum, so that means I'm not the only person that enjoys Allison Chains this much. You know what I mean? I think that though what I think what people are responding to with you more than anything is like point of view, which I always stress on the show is like all any of us have. Yeah. It's yeah. like we're all into basically the same shit at different levels, but the way the way we take it in and process it and then regurgitate it if we feel so called to do so is that's what you have. And I think that's why people are responding to this. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's just that's the singular experience that you're able to kind of give the world. We're we're all into hunting, fishing, and working for a living. But how do you deliver that info to <laughs> exactly. a, a, in a way that grasps me? It's kind of funny just because you know thinking about stuff I was writing about or the shit I was into. Like I don't think I actually understood any of the stuff that I was into, which is probably why I actually just like music where you can't tell what someone's singing about. Because like people will quote nirvana to me and i'll be like i don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> i don't actually feel like i had a singular grasp of kurt cobain's anguish or whatnot yeah you know like i yeah. used to be super into the smiths but like i didn't realize that their songs were kind of funny like i just took everything really seriously until someone's like you know like morrissey's actually like yeah yeah this is all kind of a joke too and i'm like oh shit like 
That's a completely different reading of everything about this person. You're not telling me he's a merry little prankster, are you? I kind of like that, though. I think it makes it, a, I don't know, it feels like innocent in a nice way to just be like, I like this. and I have To it. me, that, that taught me listening to Morrissey at a young age is like you can have these serious, powerful, profound lyrics and emotions and also have a sense of humor and, mm-hmm. you know, talk about how, you know, what it, he talked about, you know, the deepest emotions you could experience and then also talk about how sometimes chicks are fat, you know, yeah, or that, whatever that it is, or spitting on people in the eye. No, like, no, no, I'm being, I'm being totally serious. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I, come on, I mean, you're smarter than we are. I mean, not you're talking about when you were younger. Not at this point. You're, it's not going over your head, or is it still going over your head? Probably when I was like 30, someone was like, these songs are actually meant to be jokes too, and I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. But like, but he actually. <laughs> He believed that meat That's is sick. murder, though, right? Like, that part's real. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's certain beliefs that are real there. Like, the racism might be real, too. But, you know, there's all this other stuff about... Nationalism? You know, nationalism? You know, yeah. Damn. <laughs> wait till he finds... Chris, wait till he finds out about Weird Al. This is not going to be good. <laughs> oh, I, that's... I Because I, we joke all the time about how liking lyrics is corny. Like caring about lyrics as an adult is like child's play to me. Yeah. And some people, some people don't <laughs> like that when I say that, but I'm like, are you, cause it's, I don't think people are, especially with popular music. I feel like the lyrics are truly, obviously there's experts that come in and write them. They're called top line. You know what I mean? There's a whole culture of that, but I don't think it's like another thing I've just learned about. So about songwriting. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, no, I mean, that that's how country music is. That's why I've kind of shifted my focus there. Um, but I think that, in general, lyrics are at this point are just like the frosting on the cake. I don't think it's labored over like it was maybe when we were younger or at least in certain genres. I guess if you if you listen to enough songs and you have a heart inside of your body, you can tell when the lyrics are mm-hmm. truly like heartfelt, emotional things that they're trying to convey versus like oh you just hired you know whoever the chain smokers uses to write how it's crazy that you're lazy and you're walking and you're talking you know like okay those are lyrics i don't need to pay attention to and i think that's the problem it's like there's one out of a hundred songs have real lyrics nowadays that's true it's it's become it's become unnecessary. I mean, tell that to the the 1975, bro. That's I mean, but I think it's also depends on who your fan base. I think some people like it's like my chemical romance or something like I think those lyrics are fucking corny. <laughs> but if you go to the shows like there are adult men crying who identify with that and really care. It's like a certain mm-hmm. kind of band. The majority of people are simple folk with simple minds that's true and speaking of the chain smokers, I don't know if you caught this, but the uh, one of the <laughs> one of the smokers is dating Steve Jobs' hot daughter now. I'm assuming you already knew this? No, I did not know this. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> how many smokers? There's just two dudes, right? There's just two smokers. Yeah, there's okay. just two. <laughs> so like one half of one half the chain smokers. One half of the smokers, but everybody's been talking about Eve Jobs because it's like, you know, it's a classic. She's rich. She rides horses. She's hot. Wait, her name's... I'm sorry. That's right. Name that, I can't get past that name. Yeah, yeah that's, that's incredible. Yeah, because Steve's like, I, <laughs> I, I can't name this chick Steve, so this is the next best thing. <laughs> but like, when you look, she's pretty hot. She rides horses, and you know she's going to be a billionaire. That's a that's a mm-hmm. that's a thoroughbred, you know, no pun intended. Unless his Epstein files come out, he's she's set for life. Yeah, she's good money. So it's like <laughs> for her to date a smoker is kind of sending people into the into the into a spiral because we thought she was maybe above that. 
but he's hot and rich, so maybe it just makes sense. We thought know? she was going to be a different Nepo baby, but it turns out they're all the same, huh, Chris? I was hoping for more, but this is what Cupertino does. Look, Clearly, look. I mean, you, you sat up to, to deliver this news. Yourself, <laughs> so. I, I don't know if the, the listeners at home could tell this. But. Look, if you have enough willpower to resist the chain smokers, good on you, because I don't. Yeah, no, I, there's no way in hell. I got nothing. I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> Um, but we, I also, you know, I saw your story about another podcast. Well, we could talk about what, well, Chris, why didn't you want to mention the podcast by name? Just a simple, <laughs> any, any podcast is competition and we needn't shine a light on them. Yeah. Unless you're paying me, I can't shine a light on these other programs, even though they're, they're not competition in this case, because they're obviously, I don't know, 50 times bigger than what we're doing probably, mm-hmm. but I, 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 you know, I just want to make sure that we were considered and then your editor was kind of like, no, <laughs> drink champs is a better idea. It would have been a conflict of interest, obviously, just because this was locked in. This was like in the Google oh, calendar. Okay. This is going back so far to the spring, point. I think, so. That must be the reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't read that piece on drink champs and I've actually <clears throat> never watched it or listened to it despite everything. I don't know why, because I like rappers and getting quote pissy drunk um are you an avid listener of the of the podcast yourself or were you assigned this assignment yeah i mean i i listen to it a lot but mostly because i just find silence terrifying so i'm just always listening to something (laughs) and their podcasts tend to be like four five sometimes six (laughs) hours long so so it's like the ridiculousness effect it's going to pound itself into your brain whether you like it or not just because it there's so much of it yeah absolutely i mean they they did a five-hour podcast on the making of the war report that was just as much about like the sabaros down the street as it was like the music so i'm like (laughs) all right you know this is all it's all data you know, I only listened to two podcasts, Joe Budden, the best podcast, and mm-hmm. sometimes the Charlemagne the God podcast. The Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which seems and like it's you're, you're, you're a ripe to be a listener of Drink Champs, though, based on your other previous listening. That's what I'm, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. I've, I've checked out clips here and there, but do you think that that style, as a listener of podcasts and is obviously someone who's chronicling them at a high level like do you find that format like because i find an hour is like the max that any podcast should be but there's another subset of people that are like no we want to go long as hell i think it's the rogan effect to some extent yeah yeah do you find it meandering or do you find it charming oh it's meandering it's it's pretty boring too but there is a kind of like it's like watching uh i don't know like an experimental film or something Mm. your your mind just sort of like shuts off at a certain point and just you're coexisting with this thing mm-hmm. i can't believe i still can't believe that joe budden is so successful as a podcaster <laughs> I, I still remember uh doing a vibe next profile of him when he was starting <laughs> off you mean pre are you talking about pre-pump it up button it was yeah pre-pump it up how much did he suck he was uh he was actually a very very nice person he had me meet him at a best buy in jersey city i i wasn't sure why because he got off at three and he could meet after that <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah he's like this is where i used to work and like steal stuff so I'm like all right cool i i have the one thing i need for the piece but he introduced me to like his whole family um at one point like his his mom his aunts all sorts of people and for a while they thought i was just like one of his friends who was hanging out and I'm like, that's that's great. Like, oh, you're you're doing his homework. How's, how does this work? 
I'm like, only only one of us is wearing a leather jacket with every NBA logo. So. <laughs> I um, I find Joe. I think that part of the reason I like it, and I've I just. I think when somebody gets that popular at being a member of the media, but they actually were in the business they talk about, like at a pretty real level, uh, it just makes it a little more compelling for people. Like he's a member of the media, but he had a real hit and like did the whole thing. He's not just another academics. You know, academics yeah, is no. a, it, academics is a gamer with titties or or an actual academic. Yeah, know? yeah, it's like what I'm saying. It's, Far from it. Yeah, and I think that I mean I think he's making a fucking fortune. He's got a Maybach with a driver, <laughs> which is upsetting. Yeah, good for him. You know, I, 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 I now during this vibe era, how much ink is Joe Budden getting? Is this a long profile or is this kind of a front of book story? It was front of book, but it was the kind of thing where seventy words. <laughs> you would have it was like three hundred words, but you would have to spend like. 18 hours with someone <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> you know like right i remember going to uh you know roscoe p cold chain yes yes of course of course <laughs> all right uh i i still think he's great but i had to go to philly to interview him i i spent you know like 12 hours with him and it was like nothing he said could actually be published sure it was all like you know <laughs> why is that exactly like it wasn't proper english or it was like all stuff that was too offensive. It was just a lot of incriminating stuff. Oh, okay. But okay, uh, okay. but what was funny was he had this. He had like an Asian friend. Hell yeah! <laughs> and the whole time, his Asian friend and I, he was like talking to me about being Asian. I'm like, this is so. This is like a very weird interaction to be having, kind of inside this other thing where I'm supposed to be shadowing <laughs> Roscoe P. Cold Chain. <laughs> but he that day he we went to a foster home where he like gave this, these rousing, he, he gave this sort of like inspiring speech to kids about listing their parents, which is a little ironic in the setting. <laughs> um, he coached, <laughs> I watched him like coach a youth basketball team. We went around a mall in Philly, like handing out flyers. So like I joined his street team for a while and people thought that I was Pharrell. And I'm like, no, no, the other Asian guy is Pharrell. So Roscoe's doing everything but making music is what it sounds like. Yeah, but that was, that was the most fun. I mean, it was definitely a different era when magazines actually had budgets and, you know, they would send you to do something for, you know, $300 that <laughs> probably cost the magazine like mm -hmm. $10,000. Mm -hmm. And then all, and, uh, and also artists and rappers and all these people, you would tell them like, Hey, a random like dorky dude is going to follow you around and hang out with you for a day. And they're like, okay, that's what I have to do. And whereas nowadays they're like, the fuck are you talking about? Like that person's not coming on my <laughs> private jet. Are you fucking kidding me? They're going to sit at Nobu with me. That's insane. But back in the day you had to. Yeah. And then they, they would try and they would try and make you do like bizarre. Like they, they would just basically try and engineer these situations for like a 200 word piece. You know, so they're like you, you and you and this person where you're going to go like to all these meaningful sites from their childhood. Then you're going to eat at like Britney Spears restaurant. <laughs> We're going to go shopping together. Like all these things. For like you know, um, <laughs> ultimately like very very little narrative. So now, right, did you right. in any of these situations were you you know did you ever feel maybe unsafe or were you bullied into maybe drinking or drugging in a way that you shouldn't have on the job? Yeah, did he make you kiss his Asian friend or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> no, but I remember that time. The first thing he asked was like, "Are you into drugs?" 
And I was like, well, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where the day takes us. We'll but see. You're like, whatever the right answer is, sir, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, there's never anything like that. I mean, I do remember when um, when I was hanging out with Joe Budden for the piece, he went to some gas station <laughs> and he like left the motor. He was like, he was driving a Hummer. No one else at the gas station had anything resembling a Hummer. And he leaves the mm-hmm. motor running and it just, it's blasting his own music. And he's like, I gotta go get something. And so I'm sitting in this car and all these people are sort of peering in being like, this, this car has been, <laughs> has been left unprotected because there's just this like Asian kid sitting in it. And I was like, do I have to defend Joe Budden's car? Like, do I have to? <laughs> am I going to die? If someone tries to take this car. Like, am I obligated to stay in it? Can I leave? Like, we're, we're seconds away from a carjacking. Am I, uh, supposed to put my life on the line for this leased vehicle? Like, what is Vibe's policy on all of this? Yeah. So. What's the insurance if Joe Budden <laughs> is this a gets test? me killed for a Hummer? Damn, I miss the old Hummer day. <sighs> Budden's a dream guest, uh, for, for me. I think he's really good at this, uh, whereas some people are not. Like, he doesn't, he's not, the, the beauty of him is he's not famous enough to trade on his fame to get listeners for a podcast. Like, he's just not, he had, he had, <laughs> he's got to be, earn it the old fashioned Yeah, he way. had to be pretty right, good at right. it for it to work, which I think is also like a really strange kind of exclusive mm-hmm. to him situation. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book. There were a lot of moments in there that I, I haven't finished it. I'm only about, a third of the way through or so. But there was a lot of moments that I identified with during my sort of formative, you know, high school years as well. And just kind of the simple, the simple act of, you know, driving around with no destination, perhaps just a a means to hang out with your friends and and smoke cigarettes or whatever. Mm. But also that, that first feeling of moving out of your parents' house on, you know, into your own, you know, apartment or home with friends usually or something like that. And I feel like that's a feeling that, you know, a lot of kind of current Gen Z people don't really have the luxury of feeling with such ease as we had back in the day. Like before you're like, yeah, I have $300, let's move out. And now like your, your Figma stock has to hit in order <laughs> to you, for you to get a studio apartment, you know? Wait, what is, what is Figma? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm using you guys as Google, but No no no. Figma is um I saw the word earlier today and I meant to look it up. No, no problem. It's it's basically like a, a free web based version of Adobe Illustrator. Okay. So they kind of democratize Adobe Illustrator and then and it there's like plugins and things that you can buy and add ons and stuff like that, but they it's basically just anyone can use it for free and then you know it was only a matter of time until Adobe bought it or got taken over by but them. They sold it. Yeah, they sold it wow. a couple days ago for twenty billion. Shout out to all my homies whose stock hit. Sorry, back to back to the overreaching point that didn't need to include that tech joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like uh, I don't know what I could add to jason's eloquent um summary of that section of the book but don't do that you know that you know that big bitch ain't eloquent don't do that don't kiss his ass on the show you better add something big brain <laughs> you know i mean i think young people are just more vexed now i mean i i teach college students and i think that they're just well that's what i want i want to talk about because you're around these freaks all day fucking long yeah so you got to tell us what's up because we need to know what's next as far as how we're going to make money off of them well first of all let's start at the start when you said vexed what do you mean by that exactly i mean i feel like just even the act of driving around with nowhere to go 
I mean, that's just not a very, that's not a very like eco-friendly thing to do. Right. And I think that, mm. I think that if you're younger now, maybe you would not do that. Like maybe you would mm-hmm. uh, not, you just certainly wouldn't smoke. Right. I don't know if young people do that anymore. <laughs> no, do they? No, I think cool they, ones. I think, <laughs> not the nar- I think they not sit, the Bart undergraduates. I think they yeah. sit in a fully furnished basement <laughs> in a luxury suburb and vape while they scroll i think that's what they do they don't have to leave the house but do you do you think the reasons for not doing that are are purely environmental i i I don't i think that's just one small piece of this of this gluten-free pizza i i feel like part of it i mean i feel maybe it's not something that people can identify but i feel like it's not that kids are just into different forms of fun but i think they just have a different relationship to fun than mm. than I did when I was younger, you know. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you kind of know too much at too young of an age now, and it probably leads to a lot of I don't know, like second guessing or just not really being able to just lean into moments the way you you might have back in the day. The day being 1996. <laughs> How can I drive around listening to Saves the Day? And also stimulate growth on my personal brand is something that we never <laughs> yes, had to exactly. think about right, at right. that age. There's no self-actualization or productivity to just being bored. So now you're like, hey, Steve, do you want to go like drive around, maybe get a bite to eat or something like that? You know, if we pull over, if we see a cool you know, waterfall to go swimming in or whatever, and then the, Steve will be like, oh, what's the play? What's the play? <laughs> what's in it for me? So, all right, you teach, where do you teach at Bard? Yeah. All right, so you got some crunchy motherfuckers paying a lot of money to hear what you got to say. I actually haven't taught at Bard yet, but I've taught at like Vassar for the past 15 years, which is all right, same shit. kind of like the, the slightly <laughs> sanitized version of Bard. All right, now I just have to figure out which Beach House song to put at the end of this episode now. Thanks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what, but I'm saying like, do these kids, do they think you're cool and like, do they read your stuff or do they take you at face value as like professor? I mean, these are schools where students tend to be like a little over familiar with their professors. So mm. sounds hot. Like romantically. <laughs> <laughs> no, not. Re- I mean, I, I wouldn't know anything about that. But so you're like, hey, guys, I'm Mr. Sue. And they're like, oh, we know everything about you, Professor Sue. <laughs> I mean, like my office is just full of all my normal stuff. So there there probably is a sense in which I, I seem more relatable to them, even though I don't think I understand them at all. But your normal stuff is like a Cameron poster, to be clear. Yeah, there's like a, a Master P doll in the corner. And like one time I had I actually taught this guy who was like exactly my age. Like he was a, a war veteran who was at Vassar. What? And he was exactly my age. And he walks in and he's like, I had the same masterpiece doll. And I'm like, you're the first student I've ever like had this, had this connection with where you know what that is. And you, wow. Even though. There, so from one veteran, no limit soldier to another, you were able to relate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To an actual, to an actual soldier, mm. to a no limit soldier. <laughs> I, I actually have a, a Master P tattoo. How does that make you feel? You have like a tattoo of his face or of the words Master P. Both would be cooler than yeah. what he has. <laughs> Sadly, neither. No, it's it's he has a tattoo on. It's a, it's a tattoo that mirrors a tattoo that he has on his body. So on on his right or left bicep, I don't remember which one. There's a picture of an ice cream cone. Um, that, and the ice cream cone has two arms that are buff <laughs> and the arms are holding guns mm-hmm. and on his 
tattoo it says about it about it on in script around it and i like it i chose to remove the about it about it just keep it clean you know no text <laughs> i forgot that that's a master p tattoo I, I mean do you have any embarrassing tattoos or you you're clean you seem clean i'm clean it's it's part of the generational divide between you and i so <laughs> do you think I guess maybe you're right. I mean, I mean, you were older. You were prime age to be at the Jim Rose Circus of Oddities and shit. You probably are getting your nipples pierced and shit. <laughs> you get your. You ever get those nipples done? Uh, I can. I can. You know. Yeah. I have like a the the septum chain that can like lift a barbell. But, you know. You drew the line. You had to draw the line somewhere. Oh well, I mean, my taint strength is is as excellent, but it's been years, of course. Now, are you excited to? So you're going to start teaching again did you is this like something that you're going to do for the rest of your life do you think like do you love it or is it just something that like kind of comes with the territory when you're when you're a writer and it's like a nice way to have insurance it is a nice way to have insurance that is like the only reason to have a job basically sure but i also i mean i don't know it's like it's pretty interesting to be around young people constantly yeah just to have i would agree access to like what they're into I mean, maybe when I was younger, I cared what they were into more than I do now. Like, I think maybe before I would think about what they thought was cool and think about if I thought that was cool. But Mm -hmm. at this point, I feel so much older than them. I'm just like, this is all like intellectual to me. But yeah, I mean, I I actually I like teaching. So Mm -hmm. what exactly are you teaching for the record? Uh, Teach some like nonfiction writing classes some like Asian American mm-hmm. literature, American literature. Jason would fail out of all okay. those classes, but I think that the No, I love nonfiction writing. Suck my dick. Why well, I would be here to I would be here to lift you up <laughs> and to support you. So. Good. Thank you for that. Yeah. If you're if you're a class, send me the login for your class. I'll join. Okay. Yeah, so the book's out in a few jump days. Jump in on the Zoom. Now, how much promo are you doing? And what's like are we doing Colbert? Like how big <laughs> are we going? Or is it how long gone? The top out. How long gone is definitely the one that's like weighed in my mind the most obviously it's not that obvious a lot of the of <laughs> like npr okay yeah you're gonna kill it on npr i could i could already feel it i have the, i have the cadence already so that's why you teach it mm-hmm. that, that's why we don't get the call from npr if we were teachers at vassar they would maybe give us a second look you know but i think that helps you that's gonna help you sell your book across the board i think is all these things kind of adding up you know that's what i've heard yeah that's what uh that's what elena tells me so do we do a two book deal or is this a one-off and we're gonna come back and shop a second one <laughs> i did i did sell a second book let's go uh called imposter syndrome but all, <laughs> all it is at this point is a title i don't actually know what the book <laughs> is i just thought it was kind of like a funny title for a book when you got juice you could sell it with you, you could sell it with no you don't need the text so you sold it with no pitch just the name i mean i said it would be about imposter syndrome and things like that but <laughs> that's, that's about it at this point yeah and they're like yeah no shit jack we have eleven thousand books called imposter syndrome what else you got damn that i mean that's real power because you hear stories about that like Oh yeah, I sold you know Jaws. It, you know, I pitched that to Paramount. It was just an idea I wrote on a cocktail napkin at the Chateau or whatever in '75. You know, you hear stories about that, and now nowadays you see pitches and it's like full decks and playlists, and they spent ten thousand dollars on a design agency to make this pitch, and you're just like, yeah, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. What when when do I get my check? When, yeah, when is imposter syndrome gonna? How long do you need? Five years? Ten years? What are we thinking? It depends on if he can get his imposter syndrome in check. I know that's that is the vexing part of it. That's true. Uh, I don't know, like 
24, 25, maybe. Okay. So, okay. So this is a long, this is exciting. Play. This is a very long play. This I mean, is, is this your first book or no? Uh, I wrote like an academic book. It's your yeah. first major release. Like once you get started in all these things, you know, writing a book or being a real estate agent or these things where the money kind of comes in slowly over the course of years, you kind of have to hop on that carousel. And then once you're spinning, you know, you put out a book every couple of years, that residual hits. Oh, we're in, you know, we're in China now. We got, you got to do the, the Netherlands translation and that's another eight grand, you know, like once it, once the ball gets rolling and you're putting them out every couple of years, oh yeah, baby. then you will not have to teach anymore is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll always need the insurance though. That's the well, I mean, you'll be, you'll be balling so much. You'll be able to come out of pocket for that $378. You do have a family. Though. Yeah. The Oscar, the Oscar's cheap. The Oscar's cheap is the, um, is the are the rights still available for the TV or film adaptation? Yeah, yes, they are. Okay, are you asking out of interest or? All right. Well, I'm I'm pretty good friends with Eddie Wong, so we can get this thing <laughs> sold pretty soon. Are you okay? <laughs> ABC is not looking good for it, but this is going to sit real nice at Hulu, um, and we'll get that ball rolling for you. Of course, How Long Gone does take twenty percent. It's a little higher than normal, but you'll see why. <laughs> I'm not really in the market, but I am. You know, I'm thinking about you. I just want to make sure that's on the record. Because a lot of kind of Hollywood power types listen to the show. Yeah. You know, so I want them to know they can get in touch with your agent, kind of make a play. Um, because this thing's going to get snatched up as soon as it hits. As soon as I hit the upload button, the sharks start swarming. And that's mm-hmm. something that you and your team should be prepared for. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the, the, hlg boost and all of this so no problem no the book i love your stuff you're you're honestly you're a great writer the book is great like ha- very happy to have you and and you also you have some nice blurbs you really stunted on the blurbs back here i'm just checking it out now <laughs> oh, really chris do you remember any of these impressive blurbs i mean we got jonathan latham he's a national book critic uh circle award winner oh he got the circle he got you got ocean bro you got the world's premiere that's he's number one he's got more cover he got more covers than john mayer right now um and we we've also got gia tolentino um mm. who you know some people feel a certain kind of way about but yeah this is a great this is a great collection of blurbs and i know that's kind of what really sells books these days so i'm happy that you got those chris loves a blurb do you i mean do you read blurbs i actually do read blurbs because especially if i know or i'm going to be in touch with the writer yeah because that shows you number one how connected they are and number two um how 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 connected their agent is so that's (laughs) kind of what that's kind of what I'm not. I'm not looking for reviews or a little boring blurbs or kind of where the that, that's where you can read the, the the cards, you know. Like, what have you gotten into just on the strength of a blurb? Um, actually, that book, Yoga. Oh, the Emmanuel uh, Carrere. Yeah, I saw somebody talk yeah. about it, and then I was like, oh, let me read the blurbs. I'm like, damn, this sounds lit, you know. Yeah, and it's it's a look. It's a slow <laughs> climb. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but I I like that it's um. You can t- kind of tell, even though it's expertly done, that it's like translated yeah, yeah you know what i mean um which makes it almost like more simple to read which is kind of nice yeah. in a way for me with yoga i like to do it i don't want to read about it that's one way <laughs> that's kind of one way to look at it you know jason i'm pushing myself physically every day so i need to kind of work on my mental as well wait can i can i ask you one last question just while i'm here go Chris, ahead you're looking directly are you looking directly at me like where are you <laughs> looking right now because your gaze is is fixed uh yeah i'm looking at you or i'm looking at my beautiful new shape up i just got down the street i don't know chris will usually look at the reflection of himself in his camera or an email okay so don't flatter yourself sweetheart (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's just disorienting because like one of you 
I feel like I'm being, you know, like Chris is trying to look through me right now. So Chris is looking through you. I have my camera off because I'm I'm pretty deep into a game of Roblox right now, and so <laughs> I, I will need to kind of wrap this up. First of all, I'm looking. You you should know this as a as an interviewer. Like you know, you need to stare through your subject to see their soul, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. Mission accomplished. No, it, seriously, mission accomplished. Yeah, I think his soul has been ravaged. Okay, good. torn limb from limb. I did have one more question for you. You mentioned, um, you know, there's a lot of romanticizing about like the early college days of, you know, smoking cigs in the dorm or whatever. And and I never went to college, but I, I could only assume I've seen dorms on television and stuff. Yeah, Felicity was great. I You, you mentioned um, a pack of cigarettes. A fresh pack of cigarettes is is equal to 20 new conversations. You know, you love mm. the the idea of smoking as a means to have conversation. So my question is, do you still smoke or, or are you a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> I still smoke uh, a couple, let's go a couple times. A, I don't, I don't have a pack, but I, I'll still smoke a few times a year, but right. like a week and a half ago, I just like washed my hands with Purell and I lit the cigarette and I <laughs> fucking lit my hands on fire, <laughs> which I did not know was a thing, but like I lit the cigarette and all of a sudden my hands were blue <laughs> Shit. and I looked down and I'm like, damn, bro, what is going on? And then um, I threw it to the ground. I shook it off. But um, I didn't realize that that was possible. Damn. I mean, Chris, Chris doesn't need another excuse not to use hand sanitizer, but <laughs> yeah. we found another one. Yeah, <laughs> I wash my hands like a pre-COVID adult, but you guys can keep using that little alcohol infused uh, putty. I use some nice dial soap or some soft soap. Exactly. Back when soap was soap. When men were men. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. The book Stay True is out very soon. Go order it online, pre-order it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And if you need uh, you know, a, a college course for nonfiction writing, <laughs> look him up. Vassar is available on Zoom now, I believe, right? Oh, I th again, I didn't know you were talking to me. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> If you want to zoom into my courses, uh, I'd love to have you. That's cool. Yeah. Can anyone do it, or do you have to be uh, accepted into the Vassar College? No, civilian. I mean, I've definitely had like just random folks zoom into my class. Honestly, I would on honestly, yeah, we'll offline about this, but I would like to do that. I've never been to a college class in my entire life. Yeah, come through, and he will look through your soul during that class. All right, bro. We'll say you I represent. With them killers, hang third wall, killing your project. We got our own thing. It's a small hood, but it's all good. And Mr. Rogers ain't got shit up on my neighborhood. I represent none but GG. From Richmond, California, all the way back to New Orleans. That murder cabin to other words, so fool, watch your back. The mighty crowd look good, but some toys don't make it back. And niggas ain't trippin' on your life, shit like They ready to take your ass out before that count of one, two, three. So give me your gold chain. What about your gold?